0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black. In your money, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I've never seen one episode of Full House. But there's a character on it who I've heard of named Uncle Jesse, John Stamos. I'm kind of the Uncle Jesse of finance. I don't know what Uncle Jesse of Full House was good at, maybe giving advice to his daughters or something like that. But I'm kind of your your uncle of who knows a lot about money. Call me Uncle Rob. Call me Uncle Bob. Whatever you want to call me. I'm going to do my best to get you some good information. Holy mackerel. Did you know you can buy – Uh, ribeye steaks and have it delivered on Amazon I know you you think of a lot of things that Amazon is or isn't but you can basically get anything you want in New York City if you have an idea to see an alligator dressed in a pink tutu perform a dance recital it's probably there but the problem is your unique idea will be copied and found by 200,000 other people there's so many people there There's some big questions going on. Will New York become important? I heard the governor of Connecticut, I think he was the governor. He might have been a mayor. But he was talking about how New York City is going to see fewer and fewer people need to live in the city. And more and more people want to live in Connecticut and commute to New York City when they have to. You stop and think about it. Like on occasion, you you look at the world of COVID in your lens. I don't know your neighborhood, but do it for a quick second. You're like, oh, I know. I got you. I got you. But when you start thinking about New York City where the mayor of Connecticut or the governor of Connecticut is saying people don't actually have to live there and pay those ridiculous real estate prices. They can live in my state and pay a lot less ridiculous. And because we've learned COVID, you don't have to be in the office. That may not bode well. And again – Don't get too caught up in it, but it is what it is. Um, You need to start thinking some big picture ideas like that. Like, is New York City rents, are they going to fall? This should happen. Shares of Microsoft, showing you how dang lucky I am as a human being, hit an all-time high today. Now, you're saying, why are you dang lucky, Rob? Because I bought the stock back in the late 90s at a brokerage group known as Charles Schwab. And I put them in my retirement account um, at a brokerage group called Charles Schwab. Then I started a company and I moved to California to promote said company and I got really, really busy. And I forgot my password on Charles Schwab. And I couldn't get into my account and then I got locked out so badly because I think they were sending mail to my address on the East Coast. I got blocked out so badly. They are like, you don't get to find out what's in your account. You don't, get a, you don't get access to it until you bring a photo ID to one of our regional stores. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? So I finally did that probably some 25 years after the fact. And I was like, I wonder what I have in this account. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a sizable amount of money. And it turned out to be shares The one thing that I owned, or the first stock that I was buying in this account, is probably the best way of saying that, was Microsoft. It was during their time where their stock was falling because they were being broken up because they were a monopoly. And it sat in my account for 20 plus years. Now, if you go back in time to when I bought it, it was at $46 a share. And I forget about it, I forget about it, I forget about it, I forget about it. I finally get control of it, and now it's a $215 a share. That's not bad. Had I had access to that account in the last 20 years, 25 years, I might have said, done something like sold it. I might have said, 2008, I'm scared, I'm scared, the world's never gonna be the same again. Or 2000, when the, the tech crash happened, I went out, I went out, I can't take it anymore. Or 2019 COVID, stock market correction in 2020. Oh, no, it's going down. My wealth is going down. So you can see that I actually did really, really well by doing nothing. First lesson of the day, Uncle Rob has never seen a show called Fuller House or Full House. Um, Second lesson, sometimes the best thing you can do is nothing. Nothing. Um, I'm not telling you that's appropriate advice for you because I don't know what you have. You may have a company that's going to zero. Hopefully you think about these things before you get into them. Like, I wonder if this company can go to zero Um, companies that can go to zero companies that have no earnings companies that can go to zero companies that have zero to one piece of product. So if you're coming up with a cure for cancer and you don't get it, you're eventually going to go out of business. Because people are not buying the, well, you were doing a really good idea, and you you did good. I'll just take your pill anyway. That's not going to happen. So try to judge the exposure to loss as best as you can before you buy it. Consider writing it down. That's another lesson I should stick around with and pound, 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 pound. Write stuff down. Um, It doesn't make it true if it's just in your head. Um, I've had a business partner in the past who thought he said something to me and he thought he said something to somebody else. And I'm like, mm, we didn't know, we never heard that. <laughs> we never heard those orders to march and you're mad at us now. Um, so you got to be a little bit able to write stuff down. Um, I like to say when you buy a stock, write down five reasons why you would buy it and five reasons why you would sell it. For instance, I could do one real quickly with McDonald's. I would buy it because it was a stock that was around when I was a small child. I would buy it because a lot of Americans eat there, even though we know fast food is not healthy. I know you're saying, it's delicious is what it is. So if you were to go back to the year I was born, you would see that McDonald's is a $0.67 stock that is now $185. That is a heck of a return. So do I think McDonald's changed any in the global world or the positioning? It's an American brand, and I think there could be some backlash against America. So this is, I'm going to say it's a positive, but there are some negative undertones tied towards it right now. There's a lot of thought that the United States is losing its, its, its clout right now because we didn't handle the pandemic well. We look bad on the worldwide stage economically and politically and China's big thing is they want to be the number one economic influence by the year 2049. Now what does economic influence mean? Basically the world has done whatever the United States wants for the last 60, 70 years. And that should come to an end around 2049 when the world will start looking a lot more like China and the way China wants to influence things. The dollar will start losing more value to the, to the yen. Uh, then you're going to start seeing the loans and the banks, um, so China has – in my lifetime, if I live till 2050, and it could be sooner, it could be later, China is going to be a massive – they're going to be bigger than us and have more influence in the United States. So when the, – there is something to be said for when you buy a company like McDonald's. Maybe it will be the China's McDonald's that has more influence in the future. Maybe American children will grow up and saying, I want to be like that great country China. Because right now, kids in China are growing up and saying, "I want to be like that great country, America. I want to be a capitalist. I want to do this." So, anyway, um, ask yourself like some big picture issues: Where do we stand as a nation? Where do we stand as a, uh, a brand? As a company? Before you buy a stock, have some reasons why you like it. Have some reasons why you wouldn't like it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Coming up, I'm going to talk some daily stocks with you. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I want to go back in the Wayback Machine a little bit with you. I look at my notes. I keep all my notes that I take on finance and money and investing and debt and insurance, estate planning, everything that I could potentially talk about here. I look at my notes. I've saved them embarrassingly in a Yahoo email account. And now you're saying, wait, 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 wait. You have a Yahoo email account? I do. Um... Before there was Gmail, there was Yahoo Mail, and it was free, and you could keep lots and lots of emails forever and ever and ever, it felt like. Um, I've always loved music, and I've always loved reading books. Uh, There's something about a book in your hand, I still think. At one point in time, I had hundreds of CDs, hundreds of books. I never had any cassette tapes. Everything went digital. I'm good with that. Um, I had a, a carrying case of CDs that I kept everything in alphabetical order. <laughs> like I was a little bit of a nutso. I would go to Tower Records in Washington, D.C. It was like a seven-story building dedicated to music, and that's kind of where I would sometimes search for love. I wasn't looking for love in a bar, I was looking for love in a music store because if we were on the same aisle, it was an icebreaker and that was as good of a game as I had. So, that Virgin Megastore in San Francisco, when I got to the Bay Area in 2000, I was like, that's kind of like Tower Records. And then one year later it was gone. It was gone the whole record store, the whole industry was gone. It was like 2000 came in and everything was gone. So Amazon was what was the game changer. And Amazon was great for books and CDs. Um, they didn't have shelf space. They didn't have to carry thousands of titles that you would never, ever, ever, never possibly want. Um they had access to some really obscure records or CDs. I remember getting a CD on that. Let's say I liked a band. If they came out with a European bootleg and someone was able to sell it, it was on Amazon. It was also on eBay. But for some reason, eBay didn't hold up quite as fresh, did they? Um, I ordered so many CDs and DVDs and books from Amazon that they would send me like, gift cards I was a good customer I was considered an elephant I would I I was like I could order something and it would come and it would be like if I was planning a date I'd be like I'd get a new CD kind of thing boom this was the greatest company in the world them and Netflix just by the their ability to send me whatever I want to my home in either media or anything that I wanted to consume in 2008 Amazon was a small company Um, and you could have easily bought the company, but it was already up 400%. But you were also saying to yourself, this is the greatest company. And since 2008 and 2007 and 2006 and 2009 and 2010 and 2012, the stock has only gone higher. But I stopped myself from buying it at a period of my life when I was like, why don't I buy this? I love this company because it had already run up. I thought I missed the whole thing. I had a nagging feeling that if I buy it, I'm going to go down with it. I had a nagging feeling that if I buy it, I was going to sink. If I had a nagging feeling that if I bought it, I was going to drown. I did not like that. I thought it was too late. So... A couple years later, a friend of mine said, You know, any stock I should buy, I'm like, How long are you going to hold it? He said, Forever. So he bought, I told him to buy Amazon. <clears throat> I said, They're the king of retail. If you want to own a retail name, they're the one. You can own Visa because every time you swipe your credit card, Visa is probably going to make a little penny or MasterCard or American Express. I like that. That's a retail play in my mind. <clears throat> um, so I, I can give advice like that to friends. <clears throat> I'm a good friend to have him. Your, your Uncle Rob the guy who knows everything about stocks and money and investing. So the, the, the idiot sold it after it went up 100 <laughs> percent is the story, uh, the, the buzz of the story. He said he was going to own it forever, and then he, he didn't. I loved the company before that, and I didn't buy the stock. There will be reasons in your life that you go, I think I should let go of this puppy. What I should have done was I should have bit the bullet and bought a little bit. Saying, I love this company, it's a great company, I I found reasons to like it. Do I think they're gonna be a business five, 10, 15, 20 years? Yes, 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 yes." but it was up too much. So what I should have bought was like a half position. So if my whole portfolio, everything I was gonna invest in was $100 and I wanted to buy a 10% position, I'd buy $10, but I'd only buy $5 now. And I'd buy that last $5 later. My friend who owned it and watched it go up 100% to sell it, he comes back to me and he's like, hey, that was a great idea. What should I do next? I'm like, dude, I gave you one for a lifetime. He should have sold half and kept the other half. If you have that nagging feeling like I got to sell it, it's up 100%, maybe you take your money off the table. When you're getting into it and you're worried that you're getting in late, maybe you only do a little bit. If it goes down, then you've got a great company at a better price, and if it goes up, you're scaling in, and you're glad you got that first position going. It's already up. So ideally, the investment holding period on everything that you buy or sell would be forever. I guess buy. <laughs> Let your, your kids sell it when you're dead, right? Um, but very few companies actually like Microsoft or Amazon or Apple seem to go to the moon, um, most of them go nowhere. In history, not all stocks are like our roaring giants. In history, my perspective is that capitalism is carrying the markets higher. It's not just one or two companies. It's, it's the group of companies. So when you try to pick one or two companies, it becomes a lot more difficult, unless you're a long-term thinker and a long-term investor. At heart, I still like trading stocks. I do. There's something fun about... Um, buying a stock and see it go higher and you sell it and you're like, woohoo, I just did an IRS transaction. I just did an IRS transaction. You bought low and you sold high and you're going you to get taxed on it. As I've gotten older, I sell a lot fewer things. I hold on to my winners and I sell my losers. In the world of stocks, that's how I play it. That's, that's kind of like rule number one. It doesn't have to be rules written in stone. This isn't the Ten Commandments and Moses and God made 15 commandments. And then one of the pillars falls and breaks and God made Ten Commandments. That's, there's not, nothing written in stone on Wall Street, but you should have some tried and trues in your head. Um, as what would you hold and what would you not? Can you hold something through a correction? Do you have intestinal fortitude? Can you buy it high? Can you take half off and just say eh, it's the money? It's the uh, the market's money now. You know, it's like that's I'm playing. That's when you're playing with a the casino's money on a gambling table. that's like that's good stuff. Anyhow, what type of investor are you, and what would you buy and hold forever? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing and more. Thank you so much for listening to the show. It means the world to me. Um, I don't think I'm the smartest person. My ego has been higher in my life. But at this point in time, I'm pretty humble. My goal is to get your retirement. I think that's a noble goal. My goal is to educate you as best as I can. I think it's great. Of course, I'm tied to some people that do business. Um, But I tend to, I had a conversation yesterday. I was like, I only want to work with people I care about. (laughs) I only want to do work that's good. That's the beauty of having some money. So if you have any questions about money investing or more, come talk to me. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. You can drop me an email at rob at newfocusfinancial.com or rob at uh, roblackshow.com. There's much that you can do. Um, American and United have called off all Hong Kong flights after new coronavirus testing roll. Oh, boy. You could barely keep up with this. Yesterday, Donald Trump said schools need, should reopen if they can. I got money that governors want cdc's been too tough and it seemed like the cdc bowed and said okay we'll take a look at you know we'll figure out what we can do to make this a little bit better and open it up so we don't know school starts in like four weeks five weeks it's gonna be a short summer anyhow Ma- supreme court says manhattan d.a can get trump's tax records but rejects bid by house democrats a little bit of a split decision there Both cases were decided by 7-2 with Chief John Roberts authorizing the court's opinion and joined by the majority, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor. So it looks like it kind of went down party lines on some levels. But will we now see Trump's tax returns? Will they come during the election cycle? Because anything that happens now seems like it's going to affect the election cycle. We're in July. This year went by fast. Thank you, covid and thank you, Netflix, for giving us hours and hours and hours and things to watch, let us watch while we kill time. Um, and here's where the internal editor in your head says, don't compare it to prison because it's not prison. It's like being in prison all you do is watch Netflix. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Um, and that's how live radio works. It's, it's, it's constantly like, trying to say, um, what can I say next or what can I not say next? So the headlines today are very politically charged, in my opinion. Um, American Airlines and United calling off all flights to Hong Kong. Like, when does that happen? There's a a airport we don't fly to right now. That's a little bit strange. Just in my head, just uh, trying to swallow that one. It's like that's things are really weird out there. So when do we get flying again internationally smoothly? And when do we get flying domestically comfortably? I think are some very big questions. The stock market is powered by the economy. The economy is powered by jobs. For better or for worse, I'm starting to think, I don't know anymore. I'm going through this COVID-20 issue with you, the Black Lives Matter. I'm going through the... Me Too movement. I'm going through the support of livable wage. Um, I don't know how where capitalism is going. Um, I know where it's been. But again, we're based heavily on jobs. Um, the COVID working schedule, if you're working from home, and maybe you're working four days. Will a corporation say, if every job is worth $100,000 a year, now it should be worth $80,000 a year because, well, they're working from home. <laughs> if that happens, there could going to be a pretty big shift. But weekly jobless claims totaled $1.3 million compared to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. No, nope, the Dow Jones – um, estimate. Dow Jones is a media company. Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 is a reflection of a media company's thoughts of here are the industrial 30 stocks that you should be looking at. Uh, not as investments, but as a group of what powers America, so to speak. So Dow Jones the Media Service said we we're expecting $1.39 million. We got $1.34 jobless claims. It's Thursday. Every Thursday we get the jobless claims. It's a decline week over week. So on one hand, we go, that's a pretty high number. On the other hand, we go, it's improving. So they were better than expected. So we got a piece of economic news that was better than expected, and it's trending lower, but it's still pretty horrific. Like, I don't want to underuse the word horrific, but I think that's pretty horrific. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Um, if you fell asleep today, Rip Van Winkle style, and this is a great question for portfolios and anyone who's helping you with your portfolio. If you fell asleep, Rip Van Winkle style. Do you remember Rip Van Winkle? I barely do. I don't know if Cinder Rumpel Stiltskin kissed him or someone kissed him to wake him up 20 years later. If you fell asleep, Rip Van Winkle style, would your portfolio be better off or worse off in 20 years from now? The answer should be better off. Now, that doesn't always happen because back in the late 90s, I loved GE. GE was like G whiz. It was a nice compliment to all my tech stocks because it was an industrial company that had NBC. It was an industrial company that made jet engines. It was an industrial company that made... Um, Plastics, and they had a financing arm that was unbelievable. If you wanted to buy plastics, or if you wanted to buy a jet engine, they would finance it for you. Twenty years later, it's not in a better position; it's in a worse position. But now, for the previous eighty years, it was always in a better position. Would you take eighty out of a hundred? Sure. So, would your portfolio survive a dark period? <clears throat> and you hope that it would that's that's you go into it that way so do I think Apple will still have influence in 20 years I do but in the 1990s you know who made the best musical products Sony uh, the Sony Walkman was every kid had to have one now today it's, it's considered child abuse in 17 states if you don't get your kid an iPhone by the age of 10 ladies and gentlemen that is a joke <clears throat> Oh, child abuse isn't funny, Rob. As a kid, my daddy, he battered me. He never fried me, but he battered me. I know you're saying, is he really doing child abuse jokes? (laughs) Yes, I am. Thank you very much. Those are safe these days. Those are safe. I'm allowed to talk about that. Talk about not wearing face masks not funny. (laughs) Anyhow, you get the idea. Jobless claims fall. They ease the worry of the marketing worsening. Walgreens is need a buyback. That's always interesting to me. When stocks buy back their own shares, essentially they, you can financially engineer the company pretty smartly. But when a company says we're not going to buy back our shares anymore, are they telling us we have the money, we don't want to do it. You have the money, should you do it? To me, Walgreens is telling me something. I don't work for the company. I don't even like going into stores. I hate it. I hate people I hate crowds I hate everything um, Rob Black I once did a show Called 100 Things Rob Hates Guess what I had to do four of them Because I found out I hate 400 things One of the things I hate Is Sarah Jessica Parker I know you're saying How do you hate Sarah Jessica Parker She's an actress I hate her I hate her with all my heart You know why I hate her In large part Because she uh, Did Sex and City <clears throat> That show didn't bother me I thought it was great It was awesome It gave women Their show It gave men their chance to say, I'm going to go watch a war movie or something. You were happy. We were happy. But she encouraged people to buy $400 pair of shoes, and that made me crazy. It made me insane. I I couldn't take it anymore. So I said, I just basically hate her. I, I know what a Manola Blahnik is because of her, and that's not a good thing. So I've got a lot of hate in my body, right? You're saying, please tell me something else you hate. I hate gold commercials. The market could go to zero. Do you own gold? No, gold won't help you buy anything if the economy goes back in a handbasket, but you still own it. I don't like those commercials, A, because they sell fear, and B, they don't tell you what the markup is to buy and the markup is to sell. And if you really want to buy gold, you can go get a commission-free trade today with Robinhood. Ticker symbol is GLD. It acts like the price of gold. You don't have to pay anything to buy. You don't have to pay anything to sell it gold coins should go to like nothing like they should have no value if you could buy the the same exact thing as a figment of the imagination of gold but when you do buy ticker symbol glt the underlying company does buy the assets of gold so you're actually physically buying it it's just not the way you think you are you're buying the price for you don't have to store it you don't have to transact it someone else does that for you so that's out there so anyway, back to the Walgreens. I hate stores. I don't like going in. I don't like healthcare stores. I don't like anything. I'm a grumpy old man. Okay? kind of like Cheesecake Factory. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I hate Cheesecake Factory. Um, Walgreens, Buddhist Alliance, w, ticker symbol WBA, WBA. First of all, I'm thinking World boy Association. No. They're down 9% today because they're stopping a buyback. There's a story inside of the story here, right? So the first thing I'm going to look at is how is the stock done. If it's gone from zero or one dollar to a hundred dollars, maybe they should stop their buyback. Maybe they're buying high. Maybe it's maybe they, everyone got caught up in COVID and it's like, oh no, we're all going to go to the drugstore. We're all going to go to the drugstore. We're going to die. <clears throat> the only reason I've been in a drugstore in the last year, in the last five years, is buy toilet paper during the COVID nineteen crisis, right? But Walgreens stock has gone from somehow during COVID, it's gone from $80 a share down to $38 a share. And I go, no, thank you. If you're a healthcare company, retail to consumers, and you can't win as a stock during COVID, there's something wrong in that culture. I'll wait and find out until you get it right. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I know that you have a lot of options out there. Some days I'm going to do shows that are completely dedicated to philosophy. Some days I'm going to do shows that are dedicated to stocks some days i'm going to do it about the basics um, like I sometimes I have to remember that let 's reset this and say the goal of this show is to get you a million dollars I know you 're saying i don 't need a million dollars. I want to help people I want to do to me that 's kind of the area where you 're going to be financially free to do whatever you want. A million dollars for most Americans should pay you about forty thousand dollars a year in retirement if interest rates go back up or you 're going to, have to take it forty thousand dollars a year in income in retirement if You're willing to go after some stocks that have some higher dividends, maybe some growth. It ain't gonna be what you think it is. So sometimes I have to talk about that kind of stuff on this show. A million dollars is gonna get you about $40,000 a year in income. That's my goal. Because I know what social security is. And I work with financial planners. And I've been doing this for 20 plus years. A million dollars ain't that much. Like when you thought a million dollars as a kid, didn't you think, well, I'm gonna have caviar every night. No, you're not. Um, It's not forty thousand dollars. Isn't that much? I wish I were like could tell you another story, but so sometimes I'm going to do the goal-oriented show. Sometimes I'm going to you know go in a completely different direction. So just go with me and let's have fun on this ride. Um, It's a goal dedicated to getting you to retirement and breaking some of these these barriers to entry. I love that there's apps out there like Robinhood that you can go out and buy ticker symbol GLD gold. If you think gold's going higher, I love that Robinhood's out there because you don't really have to spend a lot of money in order to get that exposure. Whereas 10, 15, 20 years ago, you did. So I'm okay with some of the technology out there. And, you know, Robinhood made TD Ameritrade go to zero commissions. They made Charles Schwab go to zero commissions. So now, in theory, you don't have to own the app, which doesn't have great paperwork. Remember a year ago, I told you I opened an account on Acorns? Uh, It's an app. And And what you can do is you can put your credit card. And oddly enough, like with my Apple phone, I don't have to remember all my account numbers and all that kind of stuff. I can link things a lot faster. So I linked a bank account to Acorns. And I just wanted to test the app out personally before I came on air and said anything about it, positive or negative. Um, It's a great concept. It takes your transactions on your credit cards and it rounds them up and it invests it for you. And there is – you've heard stories like when you were a child where people say, if you get one – which would you rather have, a million dollars or a penny a day for the rest of your life? (laughs) And you start doing the math or if you had a penny that doubled every day. You got to make sure you do that deal right, in my opinion, because a penny a day for the rest of your life isn't as good as a penny a day that doubles every day. So because one becomes two, two becomes four. And again, you do that on a 30 day basis and you kind of got some action there. And when I'm talking action, I'm talking action, you know, money. You throw a little bit of your acorn roundups into it and uh, it invests it for you. I like that idea. I like that concept. So I tried it out. And uh I wanted to see how it worked in practice. Paperwork's awful. I like nice paperwork. But I set up a regular account so I didn't have to get the IRA account. I didn't need the tax forms per se. But I set it up for essentially poops and giggles for my kids one day. And say, Daddy rounded up all those credit card purchases that you made us made me do, buy you plastic toys that I didn't want to buy. It's now worth over ten thousand dollars a year later. So I, I don't know the timeline frame. I think it was maybe, maybe a year and a half, a year and a quarter. Um, but you can see how I did nothing at all, and it's like that Aerosmith song, "Making Love Out of Nothing at All." Um, it's a good app. Should that be your primary way of saving for retirement? I don't think so. But it's a heck of a supplementary, and you know what? I haven't missed one credit card roundup purchase. It hasn't bothered me. It didn't hurt me. So like when I went to get an egg McMuffin and it was $4.25, I don't know how much an egg McMuffin would, would cost. I would be awful at the game prices, right? So if I got a $4.25 egg McMuffin, and I don't tip, it's McDonald's, right? So it's $4.25. It takes 75 cents and it rounds it up to it, $5 for you. And that's, it's pretty good. Acorns. Now Robin Hood to me is a little bit more odd. That's another app where you can do trades and transactions doing nothing at all other than sitting at lunch and saying, you know, yeah, hey, I kind of want to buy myself a share of Hertz because, well, it's cheap. Maybe by the end of lunch, I'll buy you a dessert. For, it's on me. I don't like that attitude. That's gamifying something that's very serious, your money. Back in a day and age when you could say anything without getting fired, I would talk about like Exotic dancers. And now you're saying, where is this going? (laughs) They work hard for their money. They're in great shape and they get in front of you and they dance. And you're like, that was an amazing dance. Here is $1. They work hard for that money. You should never throw it away. So I do not like, in my opinion, and everyone works hard for their money. It It was what the point was, right? And no one wants to do that. And I don't want to be an exotic dancer. I don't want to get on radio every day. I'd, honestly, I'd rather be on an island sleeping right now. So I don't like Robin Hood because it gamifies with my money. And I can tell you, like, um, so do, I, I mean, so, so many of these apps do, right? Where you're not spending real money. You're spending V-Bucks. V-Bucks, 1,000 V-Bucks. That's the currency in Fortnite. It's real money. And it is real currency. You, you can, in theory, buy stuff with V-Bucks. You could probably buy a shirt and Epic will send it to you with V-Bucks. Now, originally you bought it in dollars and you converted it into V-Bucks. But if your kids were to ask you for $1,000 v bucks you're like, oh, come on, kids. It's, sure, it's summer. Here's $10,000 v bucks You're like, wait, that's $100? So there's a gamification where you turn it into a cute name. It's still real money. And Robinhood, the app, when you do a trade, it goes, yay, and it pops balloons on the screen. You just bought a share of Apple. Yay. I like that feeling. I like that instant gratification. Not when I'm using my money. I'd like it to be a little more sober. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.